What up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 159, and in this episode, I shoot the shit with my boy Pablo on the beach in Coney Island, Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to Pablo, who's been on the podcast before, Spun Today alum. We actually did one of these record a podcast while we're chilling on the beach episodes once before, which was episode 107, released back in September 6th of 2018. So if anybody likes this episode and wants to take a listen to that one, feel free. I'll also link to it in the episode notes. So we established this tradition, I want to say five, maybe six years ago, because there's at least four or five separate times of doing this, uh, you know, uh, going to the beach and and hanging out that I can remember. And we get into it, uh, discussing that a little bit in the beginning of of this episode. And I always look forward to it because we opt to do it on a weekday where the beach is going to be less crowded. Plus getting to take a, a day off of work during the week is always a plus. You know, just breaking the monotony of the weekly grind is probably good for your mental health. And it's always good times. Now, I don't remember why we chose uh, Coney Island as the the beach destination. Because we could probably go to, to like Rockway Beach or Reese Park. Not that, you know, that's any more glamorous than, than Coney Island. But <laughs> that's like closer to us. You know, both living in Queens. Or just go out to like a nicer beach, like out towards like Jones Beach, etc. But we always go to Coney Island on a weekday, take a cooler to the beach, which this year was stocked with Buffalo Trace whiskey and Corona seltzers, which hits the spot. Pro tip for you guys, by the way, because I've had a, a few different of these like beer seltzer drinks which if I'm not mistaken, White Claw was like the popularizer of this specific type of beverage, which is very refreshing, by the way. I recommend it. I've had a couple different types and Corona is by far my favorite. I think the best tasting. And, you know, these are like seltzer, spiked seltzer drinks that have just as, you know, taste like seltzer water, but has just as much alcohol as a beer, I think around like four and a half percent alcohol. But the tip I wanted to give you guys is, and recommendation is these Corona seltzers, which is what we had. But specifically, there's like two different types that the bottles look very, very similar, which to me is kind of like a branding error. Well, not really an error because look at me thinking that I know more about branding and marketing than a multi-million dollar beverage company. <laughs> But um, what I was going to say is that they look like so similar. But if you think about it, I wanted this other one that I'm about to mention. And I wound up buying the one that I didn't want. And I wonder how much of that is just psychologically. Like I wanted this one, but it's not available. And that one kind of looks like this one. So might as well go with that one because maybe it'll kind of taste the same. You know what? I take it back. The folks at Corona are fucking marketing geniuses. (laughs) Anyway, the best tasting by far of these spiked seltzer drinks is the Corona Refresca. It says Refresca on the side. 
the regular Corona is just like Corona seltzer. And it has like a mango flavor, a cherry flavor, or a black cherry flavor. And I forget what the other ones are. The Corona de Fresca has a lime coconut flavor, which is off the hook, as well as a lime cherry flavor. It has like lime and everything. And I forget what the other two flavors are. But it's off the hook. Really refreshing. Tastes amazing. I actually went to three different supermarkets looking for this shit because I like it so much. The times that I've had it and none of them had it. They were like sold out. So if you find it, grab it. And if you don't find it, the Corona Seltzer is a pretty close second. You know, it's still better tasting than all the other ones that I've had at least. So yeah, so going back to what I was saying about choosing Coney Island for this yearly event. We go on a weekday, chill on the beach with a cooler full of beverages of choice. Then we pack up and go to Nathan's, the original Nathan's there on Coney Island and indulge on some good eating. But yeah, it's always good times, man. In this episode, we spoke about work and recent vacation that Pablo took. I think it was like on, it was a beach town on the Jersey Shore, but like deep Jersey by like Delaware or something like that. And we also speak about bike riding, which by the way, whenever like I speak about like the bike marathons that I do, like the Five Borough Bike Tour or the Hudson Valley, etc. And just like biking in general, it's Pablo that I do these events with. So we speak a little bit about that and our bike riding or lack thereof on my part. And much, much more. Pablo, as always, thanks very much for coming on the show. And to the folks listening, I want you to stick around until the outro. Because after Pablo and I finished recording, there was some crazy shit that happened on the beach. Something I've never seen before in my life. That I'm going to tell you all about in the outro. Alright folks, and without further ado, and before we jump directly into the episode here is a quick way that you can help support this show you know that feeling you get on a monday when the weekend already feels like a distant memory and the next one feels like it's weeks away have no fear my friends the spun today newsletter is here and it's here to make it so that your mondays don't have to suck come on guys i can lead you to the water but i can't make you drink it you have to do that part on your own by going to sponsoraday.com forward slash subscribe. I put together a free weekly newsletter that I send out to all of my subscribers every Monday at noon. Here's what's in it. A photo of the week so that you can take your mind off the mundane and enjoy the scenic route. A podcast of the week because I listen to dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide range of shows and i cherry pick the very best ones and recommend them to you here the sponsor day newsletter also includes a video of the week which will include anything from a ted talk to a rap battle to a tasty recipe that i stumbled upon or a dope interview a quote of the week for some food for thought and a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there to step up your vocab so you'll be getting five things absolutely for free every monday at noon in your inbox if you choose to subscribe all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com 
forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll get the very next one. Vamos pa la playa, pa curarte el alma. Cierra la pantalla, abre la medalla. Todo en el Caribe. Mosquera. I get like that too. <laughs> like actually, after after what six years doing this, like in the very beginning of like every episode, I I feel like the little like butterflies of like nervousness or excitement or whatever. But then um, you know, then you wind up. I feel like the mic and the fact that you're recording winds up like melting away, and then you just like get into the flow of conversation and shit. Okay. Anyway, what I wanted to ask you about. Well, first off, let's set the scene for folks. We are at our yearly traditional i don't know if we've kept up with the yearly did we come last year uh we missed it last year i think last year was the first time we missed it okay in, in a while in a couple of years right yeah so we're at our quote-unquote yearly uh beach i believe it's called annually or oh yeah annually there you go <laughs> thank you uh little beach getaway play play hooky from work and go to the beach on a day during the week to minimize the amount of people around as well as you know just get a break from the the monotony at least like that's how I, I view it and look forward to these days for, especially now with fucking COVID days. Yeah, you definitely need a break. I mean, even when you're working, you still need a break. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, it's tough working from home. You know, like I feel like you just like, especially if you're busy at work, it's like you know you need to like. like it was hard in March and April, especially. You know, when I was super busy working sure. like ten hours days, twelve hour days, and I, I, you know, my apartment and like there was no like. Like no after yeah, like no, no reprieve. Reprieve. after you're done with that, you're still stuck in your apartment. There's yeah. still nowhere to go. You know, there's no happy hour afterwards. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. So it's like now, like now we appreciate it. Yeah, like that much more because you know now in this like COVID environment where everybody's cooped in, no matter what. Like we have this little, what I fear is like a little window of opportunity to actually go out and do a little bit like with social distancing and wearing masks and stuff as we all sh- should. Like whatever, do you? But that's my no yeah like take on it generally yep you know so like we have this like window of opportunity before hopefully it doesn't happen but if a second wave happens then we're right back to like complete lockdown again and it's like fuck you know so it's like i'm appreciating this time even more but yeah that's where we're at we're at uh, coney island here in uh, brooklyn new york which is where we normally come so then we can chow down on some nathan's afterwards the world famous Right. Yeah, <laughs> the cool. flavor of New York since 1916, according to the sign that I see from here. Coney Island, 2020. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, we got the New York City ferry right in front of us. Nice. Chugging to Rockaway and back. Nice. There's like a bunch of them now, right? Like yeah. not just like the Staten Island one. No, there's a whole bunch. This. I know there's a couple that go like to the city to the seaport. Yeah, they have a like bunch. Downtown. They have a bunch in Queens. They have Rockaway. They have, which completely changed the whole game, I think, at Rockaway. Now when, now when you go to Rockaway, you see so many people from Manhattan there. Back in the that day, Rockaway sense. was all yeah. just like Queens and Brooklyn people. True. And I see so many people from Manhattan there because everybody everybody takes the ferry. Like it's like accessible now. In the summertime, you know? Yeah, All the yeah. people from Manhattan, they just they jump on the ferry and go to Rockaway. It leaves you right there, like five minutes from the beach. So it's it's perfect. If I lived in the city, I would do that too, you know? Yeah. That is dope. And yeah. it's... And it's like yeah. fairly quick considering like yeah. the alternative like modes of travel to, like, yeah you know, otherwise people were taking the train to rockaway that takes forever hell yeah. you know and i'd rather just take the ferry it's easier yeah and it's a more of a scenic route exactly <laughs> um yeah yeah they have a bunch of ports now for the ferry they have one in uh in the in queens especially they had to have one in astoria long island city it's in pretty astoria, cool. really yeah the, oh, the, the ferry stops in astoria stops in long island city it's pretty cool 
uh, obviously Rockaway, and then Brooklyn. There's a bunch in Brooklyn too. Nice. I was bike riding, um, you know, the other day, and they opened up another terminal. I don't know if it's new or not, but the first time I noticed it, uh, right there by Atlantic Avenue, that one by Brooklyn Bridge Park. You know, they have a whole bunch. No shit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I remember taking the ferry, speaking about, uh, to tie it into bike riding when we went to, when we did the Five Borough. Okay. And we, we like, took the ferry, like, with the bikes. Like, I remember one, we, we did it in reverse one year to the other, right? Like, we did one year, we, I think, drove to the city, and then at the end, took the ferry back to the city to drive home. And then one year, we drove to Staten Island, I think. I think we only drove once. And we should do that going forward, if we ever do it again. Um, we used to take the tra- we, we sometimes we, we would take the we subway. We took the train once, yeah. We took the subway, I think most of the time, we took the subway, and then we would have to take the subway I think we only took sucks. the subway once. I only remember taking the subway once to the city. So we might have done the Staten Island tour. I know we drove to Staten Island, then we took the ferry in the morning to start. Yeah, exactly. And then because you end up at the end of the race, you already you end up in Staten Island, so so you can just go to the you car. You just jump bounce. in your car and go. We didn't yeah. want to. We didn't like that. It's actually the best way to do it because yeah, I think so too. You know, it's annoying to have to take the ferry after you raced or anything. Yeah, it was perfect. You end up at the end. The finish line was Staten Island. You know, we'd get our medals, um, and then we'd jump on your car and go. Yeah, go home. That was the best way. To, that's the best way we did it. Yeah, definitely. So speaking about days off, you oh you know what I want to ask you actually like you told me you have this like mandatory like uh, week or two right that you have yeah. to take yeah is it do you have like other like is it one is it mandatory to take like two weeks together yeah. and two um I guess it's within like a certain like time frame like a certain window right and but two do you have like other PTOs on top of that or is that like your two weeks for the year type of thing. Um, PTO, you mean pay time off, right? Yeah, yeah. We we say we say unplanned and planned, but yeah, I know a lot of people say PTOs. Gotcha. Um, so yes, so it's called mandatory time off. It's two weeks in a row, and you got to be completely unplugged from work. Um, so that's about half my whole vacation time for the year. I get like four and a half weeks, almost five. Nice. So half of that, a big chunk of that, obviously, is the mandatory part. And those two, and you have to take two of those weeks in a row. And the reason it's it's part of the 2008 Dodd Frank law, after the the crash gotcha. of 2008, uh, where they put into place. I mean, it, you know, and without getting into like too much too much detail, um, the the you know from a from a from a high end, the point of it is is to prevent or try to detect any kind of bank fraud or any kind of wire fraud. Like if you're doing anything um, shady or anything. In finance, if you're con- you, first of all, you, you only have the two that not everybody in finance has to do it. Only if you're considered a quote-unquote sensitive position, mm-hmm. you have to do it. And the point is, if you're doing anything shady, like you know money laundering or you know insider trading or whatever, it'll come up during those two weeks when you're not there. Gotcha. And you got to be completely off the grid. Like you'll get. I mean, I don't know what happens if you don't. Like if they can't. Like if you log on from your BlackBerry, the probably, mean, probably flag and be like, yeah, you know, what the they, fuck you doing? Yeah, if you log on through your BlackBerry app on your iPhone or like, you know on your laptop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously they have a way to pick that up you know if you if you did log on yeah, yeah. um and you they'll, they'll you know it'll be a red flag like, what happens i don't know maybe you have to take another whole new brand new two weeks off i don't know um but yeah you have to be completely unplugged which is kind of cool in a way because like yeah. the other two weeks like for example when i was in cape may this week um my neighbor she was uh she was on vacation this week too but she was constantly like answering emails and phone calls from her from her from her um she works at a law firm for one of the partners at the law firm and like you know even she got annoyed she's like i'm on vacation she had to tell her she had to tell her partner like i'm on vacation leave me alone you know yeah. 
So like I can't like I don't even know what that's about for those, these two weeks. Like they can't even even if they wanted to reach me, they can't. They couldn't. You yeah, know? true. So that part's cool. The bad part is that you it, it's about half your vacation for the year gets gets taken up already from this. True. But the cool part is it's two weeks of completely unplugging from work. Yeah. You know they can't reach you. You can't reach them. Which is dope because they're all usually like even in my job there's like like folks that mm-hmm. overstep boundaries and stuff like mm-hmm. that and you know reach out to you like on weekends or late nights mm-hmm. or like. Uh, I'm not gonna name names, obviously, but like there's someone in my job that has like text and and called folks at like 11 p.m. or like at five in the morning, and it's like, yeah, well, what the fuck, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, that's a so it, five it in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the other two weeks I gotta take. I mean, those two weeks I could do whatever I want. I I, I could log into work if I wanted to. People can reach out to me, whatever. Even though I, don't, I try not to, you know, because I'm on vacation, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to enjoy it, like. But those two weeks are fine. I can do whatever I want. I can, if I want to, I could work, but I don't know why people do that. True. Yeah, I know, right? You're not, exactly. you're not on vacation then. It's like, if you're uh, going to unplug, unplug. Yeah, if not, exactly. don't. Exactly. Uh, but by, by, by law, I have to unplug for these two weeks, which is kind of cool. True. Um, so, yeah, this year was kind of different because of COVID. I couldn't really do much. I, you know, usually for one week, I usually just chill and relax. The other week, I usually, you know, vacation, go somewhere, take a flight somewhere. But this year, I couldn't really take a flight anywhere. Obviously, yeah. I could have, but I didn't want to. So I was just thinking where to go, where I could drive to. Like, I think a lot of people are doing that this year, doing road trips to places, you know? For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I was hanging out with my neighbor. Like, me and her got cool from COVID because she was on lockdown. I was on lockdown. We're both very similar. So, we, you know, we, we kind of, like, became friends. And she's, like, a Jersey Shore girl in the sense that, you know, like, her, like her family her dad grew up in jersey like they, he'd be go to the jersey show all the time so like she grew up on the jersey show with her family and stuff they always went to the house every summer so she told me about i mean i already obviously i knew about it um growing up not too far from there but she's you know she was like why don't we go to cape may and i was like i've heard of it i've heard good things i've never been so you know it, it made perfect sense you know because it's drivable it's it's you know it's a beach town and we just did it you know and, and t- tell me you guys um it was really cool. I like that. I highly recommend it to anybody. How, how far is it, first off? It's a three-hour drive, straight up. Not far at all. I mean, and it's a nice three. Like, there was no traffic. It was pretty good. It was it was an, it was was a quick three hours, believe it or not. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's on the. It's so funny. You take the Garden State Parkway all the way down. It's the last beach town on the Jersey Shore. And it was, you take the Garden State Parkway. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to the Jersey Shore, but. I have. Yeah, where you been? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, so like, but like when visiting my my sister in law, okay, in, in Times River, like we've gone to like Belmar probably or like probably Point that sounds, Pleasant, sounds familiar. You know, yeah. Long Beach Island, yeah, all those are you know Jersey Shore beach towns, and obviously you take the Garden State Parkway to any one of those, but like you know you, there's a certain exit you get off. Mm-hmm. Cape May is the last last beach town in Jersey on the shore. After that, it's like Delaware, and then like I guess what's after that? Virginia, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Pennsylvania. I don't have a map in front Virginia, of me, but yeah. um, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you're, you're worse than me. I am. I'm the worst with directions. <laughs> so, um, so it was kind of cool. I think it was the first time ever. We're like on the Garden State Parkway. We're, we're seeing all the exits for all the beach towns, and like obviously we see Cape. We see Atlantic City is like one of the last ones, and then we see Cape May. By the way, Atlantic City. We'll tell. I'll t- I got a story about that. Uh, we stopped by there on the way back, but that's, maybe that's <laughs> for the back day. To it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get to Cape May, and it's so funny. It's like you legit, the Garden State Parkway ends. It says exit zero, and then it says, thanks for riding the Garden State Parkway, and New Jersey, come back to New Jersey soon, something like that. Damn. It's legit. You take the expressway to the end. And wow. it, it, the expressway's like, uh, what do you call it? It, it converges. Uh, it merges to one lane. Um, 
and it becomes it becomes like it becomes like the main road of the of the of Cape May, the town. It drives you right into the town. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we found that pretty cool. cool. Um, yeah, it was nice, man. I liked Cape May a lot. It was. And you guys spent the full uh, like your two weeks off over there? No, 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 no. I was only there for like three days. Sunday, it's like I came back yesterday. Is that the first thing you did during these uh, two weeks off? Or did you go somewhere else? No, the first week I didn't do anything. The first week I was home, I was chilling, you know? Just like decompressing, chilling. Yeah, decompressing. I had a big birthday weekend. Because my birthday weekend was right before my first, my two weeks started. True. So So that weekend weekend was crazy. I did a lot that weekend. I was running around. um, And I went to Fire Island for my birthday. Some other stuff. And then, um, yeah, so the first couple of days I just relaxed. Didn't do much. Ran some errands and just chilled. And then I went to Cape May. Okay. So tell me about Cape May. What you guys do like when you got there? Was it like a group of folks or like just you two? Just um, just the just three of us. Two two of my neighbors. Like we're like all Forest Hills people. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. We had a good time. Queens uh, in the building. Exactly. <laughs> um, it was yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Like our hotel was really nice too. Our hotel was real real chill. I gotta say. I really like my hotel. Was it like one of those like bed and breakfast hotels? Was no, it, like it was actually it was, was a hotel because that place is like eighty percent B and Bs, but we got a hotel. Okay. Um, like purposely, because, uh, like you, you yeah, like purposely. Your, your I'm not a huge B and B guy to tell you the truth. Okay. I mean, I know a lot of people do, and I get it. I did it one time in upstate New York, but I don't know something about B and Bs. I don't like. Like I feel like you like you're sharing a house with people that you don't know. Like I'm obviously a True. hotel's the yeah, same yeah. thing, but it's different. I don't know why. Like I, I feel like the like. A hotel's a hotel. It's like a big. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know. I feel that way too sometimes. It's like the bedroom over is someone complete stranger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It feels like more like hostelish. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, it's like you're sharing a house with people you don't know. As the, opposed the, to depending too, because if it's like a, like when we, uh, we went to Costa Rica actually, I, I think we used Airbnb. Like my my brother booked everything, um, or or like a service like it, but it was just like literally like we just rented like a whole house like to ourselves. You know? Yeah. Yeah, which is dope, like in that sense. But I know what you mean about like the the Airbnbs that are like a room and yeah, it's you know, even though like structure. a hotel, what's a hotel? A building with strangers. I get it. Yeah, like, yeah, true. It's the same thing, but it's really not. I yeah. guess because it's smaller, it's smaller quarters. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. I just like it's a different kind of feel. I didn't, I didn't really love it. And, and it's more like wild westish. You know what I mean? Like an yeah. Airbnb. Like the, uh, you don't have like the structure of a of yep. a hotel, like the security and the infrastructure and like stuff like that. Exactly. But I get you know, you. and like there's no pool. Like we had a great pool in in, uh, in our hotel, great service. Um, so it was a little pricey, but I mean, you pay what you get. For, you know, you get what you, you pay get what for, you pay right? For. True, absolutely. You know, capitalism. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was, it was, it was great. Like you know, the service was great. Our man uh, Sammy was was the pool guy. He loved us. He made always made sure we had our beat. Uh, you know, our our what do you call those? Launch it, long the, the, chairs you know, or whatever. The long chairs the by the chair. pool. The nice. pool chairs, I guess you call them. Yeah. Yeah, we always, like, he, he, he hooked us up. Like, one time we were running late. And, you know, if you don't get there, it's first come, first serve. So, if you, if you don't get there early enough, um, you know, you're asked out. You get no chair by the pool. True. So, we were we talked to my aunt Sammy. Yo, we ran back. We're just going upstairs real quick, put our bathing suits on. He was like, I got you. I got you. Nice. He got us, like, he, he saved us two two chairs right by the pool. So, we were good. That's dope. Even, but even and then the beach was, like, right across the street. You know, and the beach, like the beach is private too. It's, it's only like th- there's like sections of the beach that are roped off just for the hotel guests. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they had their umbrellas. They had their beach chairs as well. And like you had like, um, you had like a service, a food service and drink service. So it was like great service. Yeah, it was great. You know, you eat lunch. We would eat lunch on the beach. 
it's great. Charge it to the room if you want to do whatever you want. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. Is it like like an all inclusive situation or is it pay as you go? No, no, it's not all inclusive. Charge to no, you still got you got everything's actually you got to pay for like food and drinks and all that, mm-hmm. but. But service wise, like yeah, if they you know, if the waitress came over at the pool like I'm at the beach and you wanted lunch, you know, you just you could you know, obviously you could pay with cash or you can charge it to your room. That's dope. Yeah, so that, that's good from from a functionality standpoint. Yeah, Especially very, if you're at very, the beach, you're like yeah. you know, you don't want to like worry about that nope, shit. It's very like, convenient. The bill at the end. Very convenient. Nice. The second day we wised up, we, we brought a cooler down. Because, again we drove, so it's easier. You could pack your car with a lot of stuff, you sure. know? Yeah. So I had a cooler in the car. So our second day we packed the cooler and brought it to the beach. Because the first day we had to, like, you know, keep getting service from, from the waitress, like water, soda, ice. And, you know, you know, even though it's not a lot of money, they still charge you for water or for a soda. Yeah, true. So and, like, overcharge you. Yeah, actually, too. liquor, too. Like, so, like, we, we bought a cooler. We packed it up with, uh, we bought a bottle of Tito's. We packed nice. it up with mixers. Tito's and soda. Tito's and soda. And just, you know, regular waters and stuff and food. So, from then on in, the second day out, it was great, you know? We just brought the cooler out. Sweet. At first, some of the guests were looking at us like side-eyed, like, look at these guys bringing a cooler. Yeah. But then they were like, you could tell they got jealous. Like, damn, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're trying to put you on, as a matter of fact. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. And what, what else is there to do over there? Is oh, it just, it, like, straight, it, like, it, beach it, town? Yeah, it's, a, it's a really cool beach town. Like, it's all, all the houses are really, really cool, really nice. Um, the one thing I'll tell you, all the restaurants, it's because of COVID. Because Jersey still has only outdoor dining. Yeah. So same like here in New York. Yeah. So, but like Long Island has indoor dining. You can go to Long Island and sit indoors. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I sure. went there for my birthday with my parents. We went to the place Louis in Port Washington. Uh-huh. By the way, I highly recall. But anyway, in Jersey, it's still only outdoor dining. So, and Chinese spot, Louis? Uh, no, it's <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> yeah, it's Italian seafood. It's really, it's really good. I got nice. I got the Bronzino, dope, sweet. Um. But yeah, back to Cape May. It was um, the restaurants. The restaurants. It was crazy. Like, and if you don't have a reservation, it was like an hour wait, no matter where you went. I've never seen anything like it. Fuck. It was ridiculous. Well, actually, you know what? That makes sense, especially if if it's in a in a place that's going to be on demand during the summer, regardless of the situation that we're in. But especially now in COVID, so you have a situation where people are cooped up in their houses they want something to do so if they have a window of opportunity like we were speaking to earlier they're you know they're gonna go out they're gonna go to where they can go out which like a place like a park or beach or something like that plus you remove the ability of the restaurants to be able to serve folks indoors so their their seating is like a fraction of what they would normally be able to have capacity wise exactly so then every place being packed like makes sense but it sucks obviously from a consumer standpoint and obviously yeah. from a business standpoint too because yeah. they're, they're, they're still like making a, a fraction of the money they're like you know working I mean? out of 25 percent capacity it was crazy yeah. everything was everything was our wait our wait or even a lot of we're not taking anything we're fully we're fully booked for tonight sorry yeah that's that was like new too most of people say like oh it's like an hour wait you know kind of like you're kind of their way of saying you know come back another day yeah, yeah. they were they were coming out straight up and saying we're we fully booked for today no nope. yeah oh, exactly keep it sucks. moving not tonight yeah it was crazy but um, and, that, and that's and that's from Sunday to Wednesday. Imagine going on like a Friday, Saturday oh, shit. night. Wow! I, I kept telling you know the people I was with, I was like, it's a freaking Monday night, and we can't get a we can't get a place to sit without a reservation. What are they doing on a Friday, Saturday night when people when everybody comes down? Fuck man, I'm so it's crazy. It was crazy, but no, the beach is really nice. Like I was really impressed. The sun is really strong down there. I felt like I was like in Caribbean. Yeah. Sun-wise, I mean, the water's not as nice, but 
but the beach is really nice. The sand is really nice. I mean, the, and the water's fine. It's like smooth, not a lot of waves. Like, yeah, man. Is, like, it, is it clearer than uh, Coney Island water? Yes. <laughs> it definitely clear than, it's that clearer than any. New York beaches are not that nice. Like, it's better than Rockaway, Coney Island. I don't really go Long Island beaches too much, but I've been out to, like, I went to Fire Island, I told you, yeah. um, for my birthday, actually, my birthday weekend. And it was okay. Whatever. I, I don't think I would do Fire Island again. It's too much of a hassle. You yeah. to get on a ferry. You know, it's, it's like, first of all, it's like a 45-minute drive to an hour drive just to get to the ferry, and then you guys take the ferry to the island. You know, you know, you, you know what I've heard of? That I'm actually supposed to go to... It's nice, but for, for all that, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, you know? not worth that, yeah. right? Like, an alternative to Fire Island, um, the Nautical Mile? Have yeah. you been there? Yeah, I've been to that, but that's not really a beach. That's more just like a hangout spot for dinner and just like, like, a, yeah, like, like restaurants, restaurants and bars. And yeah. yeah, I don't think it's really a beach. I don't think you can go to a beach there. I don't know. No, I, mean, no. I don't okay. think so. Um, Fire Island is more like a beach town. Like, you actually go on the beach. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you lived in Long Island, if you lived around that area, like Suffolk County or whatever, mm-hmm. then I guess it makes more sense. But for us, it was it took, took forever to get there, and True. the beach isn't all that great. I mean, it's nicer than like most in New York, mm-hmm. but it's something to say like it's not gonna blow your hair back and be like, oh wow, okay, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's worth this hour and a half trip, you know? Yeah, it's not like some Punta Cana shit or something. Yeah, yeah New York is definitely not known for its beaches. No, look at this jet ski right here. But nice to have though. Have you ever been to um, Arthur Avenue in the in Bronx? The Bronx? Uh, yeah, I dated a girl. I dated an Italian girl from the Bronx once, and she took me there once. It was nice. Yeah? It was really good. It was really, really good. I'm supposed to go over there. Um, I was just uh, talking to Steven about it, actually, mm-hmm. uh, recently. And I told him that we should go. Um, they have a... I saw on uh, the show uh, Fuck That's Delicious. Have you ever seen that? No. It's a- Action Bronson. You know Action Bronson? Yeah. He's the, the rapper from Queens. Yeah. Flushing. He, yeah. Flushing stand up. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a show because, you know, he, he was also like a chef and, and stuff like that. And he has a show called uh, Fuck uh, That's Delicious. Mm-hmm. And it was on Vice. And then it went and moved to, I forgot where. It was like on YouTube. Then it moved to Vice. Then I think maybe HBO picked it up for a season. Then it went back to Vice or okay. I don't know, whatever. But he does a lot of like local spots, like in Queens, which I like. Um, like he went to uh, like Eddie's Sweet Shop. Oh, right by in, me in parcels, yeah. yeah. Which has been there for I like a hundred years. I took my parents there. Yeah, my dad fell in love with it. My dad's oh, like, oh my nice. god, this is amazing. <laughs> he must have felt like mad, like nostalgic, right? Yeah, it's like, a, like mad, like uh, they had like all the old school candies. Like the setup is like is like the open. Yeah, like, when we first walked, because right, we I tell you, we went we went like it was just like a regular. We went out for lunch one day, mm-hmm. you know, and then at D's down the block, you know, yeah. on on Metro. And then I was like, let's go get ice cream. Because I know they like sweets. So we're like, let's go get ice cream. So we went to, I took them to Eddie's Sweet Shop. At first, they walk in. My dad's like, why is this place so, like, old school? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this furniture looks like it's, like, corroding, you know? <laughs> and then, sure It's like enough, part of the charm, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then once once he started eating, and I was like, oh, my, he's like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. Yeah, it's, like, homemade. Yeah. Everything is dope. Um, he did an episode on that. He, you know, he's been to like, a bunch of, like, local, like, pizzeria shops in Queens that, that are dope. <laughs> and he even went to, like. Cause it goes to like a lot of like food, foodie, you know, like food areas or whatever, like like hidden gems type of okay. shit. And he, like he went to Flushing to get dumplings to like some really like Asian market underground fucking dumpling shop. <laughs> and uh, the, he did an episode on Arthur Avenue. Okay. And there, there's a, a spot there that's supposedly like world renowned for its uh, fresh mozzarella. Oh yeah, they have like lines out the door always, especially like around the holiday season. It's like I love fresh like hour, like f- several hour wait 
to like just uh, put in your order to like get it. I love me some fresh mats yeah. with some with some pesto sauce. Nice. Highly recommend that. We yeah. Have ahead. you ever had um? I had it last weekend. It's like a I forget what it's called, bruschetta or like something like that. It's like fresh mats, but inside, like when you break it open, it's like like a ricotta cheese, like within it. Oh yeah, burrata. But yeah, there you go. I knew it was something. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, really good. That's just really good. Fucking make make me hungry right now. I know, right? Um, don't worry. But yeah, I want to go up there. It's like the supposedly it's like the the real little Italy, not like the little Italy in the city. Oh yeah, yeah, it's old school. Like three blocks long. Yeah, it's old school. Yeah, it's all like it's like that's an old school Italian neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if has any. I don't know if that's where Bronx Tale was filmed or anything, but I would imagine it's around that area. Would make sense. Was that, was, that movie was actually on TV the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching That's a dope it. movie. It's a classic, man. Colossal. Yeah. <laughs> now you <just> can't leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> such a classic scene. Such a classic line. Such a, like, a dope. Like, yeah. Ha- have you ever seen, um, you, you know, uh, Colossal in real life? Like, he, he went to jail for, like, 10 years. Didn't like, he die? <laughs> no, he didn't die. <laughs> he was actually on Vlad TV, which, if if I remember, because we're drinking, um, I'll link to... The episode in the episode notes. Okay. From a Bronx Tale. I, I, I read somewhere that he was he like a heroin addict and he died or something. It, Drug he, deal gone bad or something. Not not exactly. He he described it in this Vlad TV interview, which I'll, I'll link to in the episode notes. He he Vlad TV. Are you familiar with Vlad TV? Not really. It, it's a dope uh, HBO. Uh, pretty much at this point, like a media company, but you know he has like five million subscribers and like yeah. mad views and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he interviews mad different people from different walks of life like uh it's like heavy and hip-hop even though he's like a he's he he was a dj um but he's like a russian dude uh but he's like heavy in like the hip-hop scene but he also has interviewed folks like uh like former mafia members he has a lot of mafia interviews with former mafia members and which like speak about like that life and really like in detailed like stories that are really interesting to hear from like their perspective because it's folks like that are out of the life but you know speak to like when they were in the life and they could speak to it because they have uh like immunity on like certain deals and like stuff like that or like um what's that shit called when when a certain amount of time lapses and you can't get in trouble for shit anymore oh um i know you're talking about like they have like shit like that so they're like really open with certain things and uh statue limitations statue limitations but then like certain people like slip up because people criticize vlad like yo are you, are you like are you, are you like an arc or like <laughs> are you with the feds or something like that because mm-hmm. certain people like have slipped up and said things that they haven't uh that they shouldn't have said and okay. they wind up getting like cases and stuff like that but he interviews like hip-hop artists you know folks from the mafia ms-13 like uh uh like old gang members and it's like ms-13 st- is a real thing i thought that was like a trump that. thing to like no stoke fear <laughs> no that's what it's, a, it's a real gang um but it's a gang that's like tied to like the mexican mafia and like it, big on long island right yeah they're really big i remember them actually back in high school i had a a friend of mine uh i used to show with his he, he was a salvadorian his cousins lived in long island and like two of them were in ms-13 yeah it's like a central american and mexican thing right yeah, yeah. um but they're also like um uh supposedly like the the not the shot callers what do you call like the shooters for quote unquote uh like the mexican mafia like the mexican mafia like hires them as like hired guns like type of shit okay, okay. so there's like a like some sort of like tie in there according to just like one or two interviews that i saw from like former members so i don't fucking know anyway this vlad to be vlad interviewed uh Colosuro from a bronx tale 
the guy that played a uh, closure yeah and he's they spoke about that that situation in detail and pretty much he was like hooked hooked on drugs like at that point and he went to his boy's house because he knew his boy had uh some like uh like opiates i forgot it, it was like oxycodone or like something like that and i forget which pill it is but like oxycodone or like um i'm trying to think of the one that's a percocet okay uh, like one of those, like chemical makeup wise, like it's literally the same chemical chemical makeup as heroin. Like it's yeah. literally synthetic heroin. So that's why people that like can't get like like heroin on the street or methadone. Or, no, no, no. It, it's definitely oxycodone or or uh, Percocet. But I think another drug is the same chemical makeup as methadone. Like there's some sort of connection there. So that's why they say that a lot of people that wind up like going for surgeries and wind up getting prescribed like pills and get hooked on pills. They wind up turning to heroin because it's a cheaper alternative. Of course, like, like on the street. Yeah, you know that's I mean? a huge thing right now. Yeah, I, yeah this is a huge problem. Um, there's tons of lawsuits going on. Oxycons getting the companies that make Oxycon are getting sued at the ass right now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen uh, the Oxycon Express? I always tell people to, to watch that. Documentary. I think that's the one. I saw a documentary on Oxycon and like there was like these cheap like eighty nine dollar flights to Florida because they didn't have like a centralized database for um, they didn't have a, cent- um, a, me- a centralized medical database. Which should be, which we should have like at the federal level, but whatever. Um, they didn't have that, so uh, drug addicts would ex- exploit the fact that they would get a prescription for OxyContin. And what not having the centralized database means is that you could go to CVS with your prescription, you know, get your 30 pills, then go to Rite Aid with your prescription, a different Rite Aid, get your 30 pills. You know, you could use the same prescription because they they don't have a mechanism to know that that prescription was already filled. So that's how people like drug addicts were like exploited. Yeah, so I'm that. sure because there's so many pharma lobbyists in in in, uh, in Congress. Yeah, like like stopping that. Um, yeah, that was huge. They took a they took a big L on that. Absolutely. I remember I was it was um it was on Netflix. This show I was watching about you know OxyContin and like all these all the it pretty much followed like three sales reps. Um, from like the big, you know, the big farm, like I think it was Pfizer mm-hmm. and like um, Eli Lilly and you know a bunch of them, and how they were just pushing the OxyContin. It was like the new thing. Yeah, it was kind of like when when Viagra first came out. Uh, like that was a like hot thing. Like you know, like sales reps were making like bank, bank, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. serious banks on this. And then like same thing happened when when the OxyContin you know came out. They were, they followed these you know sales executives who were still, you know their job was to sell it to doctors. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they were making pain. and sometimes doctors get yeah. get a percentage like for prescribing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Course, like that's yeah. the deal that they, yeah. they work out. And and which is my beef with, with folks that are like, oh come on, it's not like some you know who you know what kind of conspiracy theory shit is that? You know people, yeah, you know somebody selling Viagra at the top is like you know making money off you know using Congress and stuff. It's not yeah. that. It's like they're they're all people. You know what I mean? Like at, at a very basic level, people are people are people. So it's like salesmen that'll make a buck and make extra money if they sell it to a doctor and then the doctor will make extra money if they sell it to him you know it's not like some mastermind like puppet puppeteer at the top you know it's just like people being people it's like yo if you sell this i'll pay you more and then yeah. that person gets paid more and then that person gets paid more you know what i mean it's like it's not like some like grand conspiracy it's like no human it's, nature it's, it's a bunch of dominoes that need to fall at the same time exactly yeah but anyway back back to uh, collateral before i forget the uh, in the Vlad TV interview, like he speaks about the situation. So basically, he was uh, hooked on like like heroin and stuff like that. Then he thinks he had like a, uh, if I remember correctly, he describes it as like like a functional type of like habit or whatever uh, of the drugs. And he knew that his boy had oxycontin at home. 
he couldn't get access to like the heroin or 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 the pills that he wanted or whatever right he couldn't get he couldn't quench his fucking fix he couldn't get his fix right so he went to his boy's crib and went in through the window and to like get get the pills i heard about this and then like uh, either whoever was in the house or because he knew the house was empty or something like that so you know he was just going to get the pills like a neighbor called the cops or something like that and then him and his friend that both went uh, to his boy's house um when the cops showed up they weren't sure that that it was cops because they were like um they weren't uh, uniformed uh, police officers or something like that and then like a shootout ensued and then he wound up going to jail for like shooting at a cop obviously and like breaking and entering and stuff like that and he wound up doing like 10 years or some shit like that is he out now he's still yeah yeah he's out now he did the interview no <laughs> the blind tv interview <laughs> so what is he up dope. to now i don't remember actually i i th- I guess he didn't take Robert De Niro's advice. Wasted talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what's dope? Like, he spoke about, like, the casting calls for, like, Bronx Tale and, and like, working with Robert, with Bobby D, your boy Bobby D. Bobby D, he's not my boy. <laughs> and, um, like, he spoke about, like, the a lot of, like, the behind-the-scenes shit, like, with the mm-hmm. filming of a, of a Bronx Tale and stuff, which is dope to, to, like, watch. So folks should watch it. I'll link to it in the episode notes. Sun's out. Yeah, man. When we got here, it was, well, first of all, it was raining while we were on our way over here. We didn't think that we thought that they were shot, but we were like, "Fuck it, let's go." And then it got cloudy, stopped raining, but was very cloudy. Now the sun is out, clouds have parted, all to allow this one today podcast episode Absolutely. to happen. Some milfs hanging around. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah, man. Freaking. I'm just glad that the that the weather turned. I'm able to go out now. You know. Yeah. Think about yeah. it. If this was March or April, we'd be stuck in an apartment. Yeah. Not just because that's on the peak of COVID, but like, like it's cold in New York. You know, you can't really do much. You know, true. So it was a combination of things. And I don't know about you, man, but it hit, it hit me hard, man. How so? Like, just, and I think that's why I got so close to like the people that I went down to Cape May with my Forest Hills people now, um, because I think they were going through the same boat I was going through. Like, like it's tough. We were like locked in, couldn't go anywhere. We were like on lockdown. In an apartment, I think it's harder than in a house, you know? Yeah. Limited house, space. You know, like I lived that. by myself. I was by myself, you know? Yeah. I couldn't really visit anybody. It was like you were going crazy, you know? It definitely took a toll. I was like losing my mind, I think, you know? Not like obviously literally, but like, like yeah, man. It was like, I was like, it was like the same thing every day. And you would think we were so busy at work. You would think, because rates were so low at the time. I mean, they still are, but. Yeah. Um, you would think that being busy at work would keep your mind. You know how people say, oh, you know, if you're busy at work, that's a good thing. Keep your mind you off things. Take your mind off shit. But it yeah. actually didn't. It kind of had the, the, the opposite effect. I mean, like I don't know because I don't know what would have happened if it wasn't like that. But like, for I felt like it had the opposite effect because it was like almost like I I lost track of what day it was because it was the same thing every day. Just like wake up, work for like 10, 12 hours. You know, get off your laptop. Um, you know, freaking I guess get something to eat. Just you know, TV. That's what you could do or like read or. And that's it. And then, boom, you fall asleep. And then every day, like, there was days, like, you know, I was like, what day is today? Is it a Monday? Is it Wednesday? Is it Friday? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Like, did I shower today? I don't know. Yeah, you know? definitely. Like, you know? days, like, melt together. Yeah, exactly. Like, days, I went, like, a week without, sh- like, weeks without shaving. Like, you know, I, I probably went days without taking a shower because I was like, I wasn't going outside. What, yeah. what am I doing, you know? Same. Did, did I show you? Did I show you? I sent to Big Steve, actually. A picture of Big Steve sent me. I don't know if he sent you the uh, like uh, a picture. Of him, sha- of his beard? Yeah. Yeah, he showed me. He sent me that, and then I sent him one of mine. Let me see if I can find this. I can show you. Because I had, like, 
like this. Like I never even have this. Like I usually just have like a like yeah. regular goatee. I saw that picture you you uh, you put up with with little Steve. Uh, you look like you you were rocking a beard. I was yeah, like, wow. I had like a like a somebody from work actually hit me up because they saw it and they were like, "Yo, when did when did you join the Taliban?" <laughs> like I <had laughs> looked like a long like a long beard, but my hair, which I haven't grown out since like fucking high school, when I used to actually not have these like fucking bald spots and like fucking entradas and shit like hairlines. Um, like I let that just like grow out. I had like a, a mini like blowout and shit. I sent that to Steve and he was like, holy shit. But yeah, it's like you're, you're, you're like stuck and it's like everything goes on pause kind of like yeah. even shit like that, like showering, shaving, just like yeah. everything like melts together. Uh, yeah, I, was losing, I, was, I was losing what day it was and like, yeah, man. Hold on one sec. So yeah, I showed you my, my picture. I paused it for a sec there so I could pull it up. Throwback, uh, blowout haircut, Taliban beard. Yeah, man. But now I finally got, got a haircut. But you know what's interesting at the um, like the barbershop, you you know they're like COVID prepared or whatever. So like the barber yeah. has a mask, you have to keep your mask on. That's like a, a, pro- a protocol. I've gotten for them. two haircuts now with my mask on. Yeah, it's annoying as fuck. Let me yeah, tell you, yeah, man. My barber. I mean, my barber knows me. Like he's he's been. I mean, he's coming here. Like I don't need to tell him. I just sit down in the chair. He knows what to do. You know? Yeah, same. But even that, it's even for him, it's annoying because it's like he's got to like move it around. Exactly. Yeah, and like I, he always trims up my sides over here, the front, this part at least. Uh huh. So he, you know, he takes it off a little bit while he's doing that. Exactly. That, that, that's what I was gonna get at. Like they can't, they can't like, uh, like shave your beard and like stuff like that. Yeah, and, like shape it up. But like it's if you tough. have a goatee, like like what I rock. That's so tough. Um, because I have to like. Yeah, he keep got he got on. hit hard. He, you know, barbers. A lot of barbers went underground. You know, they started yeah, like they started absolutely. working out of warehouses and stuff to get haircuts and like to, you know. Yeah. You got to do it. I um. He only he's he's only by appointment now too. Which is oh, yeah. good. I liked it. He never took appointments before. Now he like he takes appointments, and I, I love it because yeah. mine mine always has. Yeah, I definitely because my guy was like he was busy, so sometimes I'd go there like you I spent like half I stopped, a day there. Yeah, I stopped going like on a Saturday afternoon because I was just it was just mm-hmm. it was a complete waste of time. Like I, I you know like uh, I got I got to like spend five hours to get yeah. I'm not gonna like, spend my whole shit. freaking Saturday at a, waiting for a barbershop. So I'd go like on a Saturday super early, or like on a Thursday night or Friday night maybe not yeah. even a Friday night. But I like this better. Like I'll make an appointment and I'm in and out right away. Yep, exactly. That's what I do. Like like mine. Like I I try to go like on a day on the week, uh, during the week. Like like whenever I can, like in the evening. Yeah. Um, like when she was normal, obviously. But like I try to do that just to minimize like the all the you know, all the people around and the hoopla and the shit like that and. And sometimes even if, like, I, I tell him, yo, what time should I go? And he tells me three. Like, it might wind up just because he's so busy and she got backed up. Like, it might still wind up, like, having to wait, like, half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but but I've definitely been in that situation from before where the barber just takes, like, all fucking day. And you're, like, there. Yeah. Oh, which, you know, you know what ep- what show? Did you ever see the show Atlanta? No. Oh, bro. So fucking good. I've heard so that. creative. So dope. Donald Glover's. Uh, a show that, that he created so fucking good you would appreciate it so much really but he has an episode of that uh, of, of that that experience pretty much like dealing with a barber okay and like for the sh- show purposes like they exacerbate it obviously but it's like the barber's like yo yo do me a favor come with me my baby mama just called come with me real quick it, you know the house is five minutes away and then I'll, I'll, I'll call you right after and then yeah, he's like, "What? Are you, to your baby mama's house? What the fuck do I have to go for?" And yeah, he, he was like, "All right, fuck it, whatever. I, I gotta get my haircut." And then he winds up going with him, and then that you know he winds up being stuck there with like the baby mama's uh, with the kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Come on, I gotta go deal with my baby mama real quick upstairs. Just sit right here for five more minutes with, with, with the kid. I'll be right back." And he's like with the kid. He winds up being with the kid for like an hour, and then they leave. You know, he gets into this big argument with the baby mom, and then he leaves. leaves 
And then the guy leaves with him. And he's like, come on, I just have to go to Home Depot real quick to get this shit uh, for my baby mama and bring it back to the house. Some light bulbs that she needs, you know, like. <laughs> and then, like, the entire episode is, like, him just, like, stringing him <laughs> along. And it takes longer and longer and longer for him to actually get a haircut. <laughs> Which is obviously exacerbated for the show. But it drives home, like, that same sentiment of just waiting all day at a fucking barbershop to get a haircut. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the barber says, oh, I'm going to eat lunch real quick. You know, I'll be right back. Let me go to the bathroom real quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> I hate when my barber does that to me. Oh, bro! Sometimes I get he, he, I get I get on the chair and he's like, "Give me five minutes." I'm gonna eat, eat yeah, my yeah, eat sand- all day. Yeah, I'm gonna eat a sandwich <laughs> real quick. I'm like, "Oh, this fucking guy!" And I'm the guy in the chair, like doing nothing. <laughs> it sucks. Oh man. Let me ask you a question. Do you is you does your guy you well do you do you go to a guy that owns the place or yeah? So you, Mine you, does. You guy is the owner, right? So so here's my question: Do you tip him? I do, absolutely. Even though he's the owner? Yeah, I tell him for the service. And actually, during this time, and this is not some, like, virtue signaling okay. shit, I, I feel kind of shitty for even bringing it up, but I wound up breaking him off, like, extra because of the whole, like, COVID situation. I was doing that during COVID, yeah. Because I was like, you know, I don't, you couldn't work, but I, I like, me, functionally, like, I, w- I was still working from home, you know, like, nothing changed for me, like, financially, you know yep. what I mean? Like, it, me too. It, it, so we were lucky, like, man. And he couldn't, yeah, exactly. So I, like paid him as if i yeah i was like you know i would have gotten like three or four haircuts during this time so i paid him you know accordingly yeah you know what i mean um but yeah i definitely tip him still because i mean he's the owner but he's still also uh functionally you know providing the service that warrants a tip so i I would see it as if i got if i got a cut from one of the other barbers even though i always go to him and deal with him if i got a cut from one of the other barbers that wasn't the owner i would give him a tip for providing the same service you know what i mean so yeah. i just like no definitely another barber that doesn't own the place he's renting it. yeah that because that's how they make the majority of their money of yeah. the tips so that if, of course if it's someone else if like, for example my guy's too busy and i can't wait i'll go to one of his guys mm-hmm. and yeah of course i tip them because that's how they make their money but like the owner i'm like yeah i don't know like that's not how you really you make your money you know he makes gotcha. money off you know just the cash flow of the business you know like, yeah the rent he's getting I off, see that the rent he's collecting off of all those shares and just you know but then he like his expenses are elevated you know what I mean like he mm-hmm. has that's why it's always like a weird thing like I always thought about that like, like I, that. I tip him a little bit just you know whatever yeah but nothing I always tip if I go to another guy I always tip them more gotcha okay it's kind of like I don't know I don't know if it's exa- if it's a good analogy but it's kind of like you go to a restaurant and like the owner is serving you you know what I mean because maybe because you know he knows you or whatever you know yeah you're not gonna really t- like you know he's not making his money off that like but as like the waiter you're gonna tip him because you know true I think just from since I used to work like years ago in, the, in like the restaurant business like I always um, in the restaurants that I worked at it wasn't like the tips weren't like direct to whoever served you it was always like a pool. So it was like split between all the waiters at the end of the day, the day anyway. So even if like a situation like if I went to like uh, a friend's restaurant or something like that, and in that situation like I still tip just because like I had the the memory of coming from that like industry and I know that those tips if they do work in a pool environment which a lot of I restaurants think most do. restaurants do that now yeah and bars I yeah think now yeah but those days of like everybody getting their own tips is I think it's over yeah definitely no it's definitely it's definitely more of a commun- communal like socialist. Uh, set up now yeah everybody gets their fair share it works yeah bernie would be proud <laughs> <laughs> your boy bernie <laughs> it's great the sun came out yeah, it was like so nice right now yep the sun's out the sky is blue any word on wh- when you guys going back to the office you know i actually got um 
they they opened it up last week in phases of like 25% capacity like they split everybody up into orange, blue, green and like yep. red teams or whatever. Uh, but they still left it open for anybody that feels uncomfortable going in or whatever. Same thing. They still same have the option to, to work from home. Yeah, I so. think every company is doing the same thing. No, yeah. I, I told them straight up. I was like, nope, no thanks. I'm not comfortable. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, honestly, I, I, I don't see myself going back until 2021. Yeah, easy. I'm not going back to maybe January 2021. I think September, they're going to have another push of people going in. Mm-hmm. The first wave, I think, was. De- depending on how the second wave, if it happens, like how that plays out. Because if it's as bad as the first wave, then. Everything's gonna get pushed out even further. I don't think anything's bad. That's not like a I dick, hope not. But. but it's so true. Like I feel, I feel like the first wave was so bad in New York, where the people that were gonna die from it died from it. You know, it's um, who said that? It was rough. Survival of the fittest. You know, it's a terrible thing to say, but I think <coughs> the most vulnerable people that got it got it and either got immune to it, got their antibodies, or they passed away from it. You know, mm-hmm. which is fucked up, but. I think if there's, I guess the point of me saying that, I think if there's a second wave, it won't be as bad for that simple fact. Because so many people have like, so many people that, that would, would that, die like already did. Maybe the case numbers will will be bad, but I think the mortality rate won't be as, definitely yeah, won't be as bad because the people that were vulnerable to it that would have died from it already died from it. I think it's a function also of like the, the case numbers yeah. have, you know, steadily like increased like mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, because of the fact of you know testing has gone up, which is because, a good thing uh, from yeah, my perspective. From all these second waves that are coming in all these states, the one thing you're noticing is that not like the first wave. And the first wave, there was like cases and then death rates were through the yeah. roof too. The mortality rate has the second like, wave. The mortality rate has like gone down. The cases are going up, but the mortality rate it's, it's a combination. I think of obviously we we know now, we know what to do now. I think and what not to do. Exactly. They know how to treat people better off of it. But at the same time, I think it's also. A lot of people that are getting that are getting it now are like younger kids, like college kids who, who aren't like self quarantining, who are like not social distancing, who are going to like spring break, you know, partying it up, like you all know, all the protests that are happening now. Yeah, that, that's protests too. Also. Like I think you know, good luck t- telling a twenty year old to social distance and not go out. You know, when the yeah. sun t- when the, when the weather turns, true, they will be like, "F that, I'm invincible. I'm going out." I yeah. remember when I was twenty years old, I felt I was invincible. Oh, yeah, I felt invisible invincible last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> and then you pull the muscle getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I hope that's I hope that's the case. That if if there's a second wave, it's not as bad. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. w- work wise though, like my mentality is like I'm not going back. And while it's still so, so it's still a coin toss. Like nobody knows anything indefinitely for sure. So I'm like I'm not going back until they tell me uh, if you don't show up tomorrow, you're fired. <laughs> like then I'll go back. <laughs> That's a lawsuit and a half. They won't tell you that because that's a lawsuit. Are you but I'm saying me? when when things get that, that like uh, hey everybody's in the office it's yeah. fucking it's Thanksgiving Vac- 2022. <laughs> Vaccine's been come out back. for a year. <laughs> You're already vaccinated, sir. Like come back. No like, one has right, got, no one has gotten COVID in a year. <laughs> We're on COVID 23. Like it's not even 19 anymore. Like <laughs> I still don't feel safe. <laughs> um yeah so. I don't know. They already, I, already, I already told them no once. The first wave at City, but it was a very small wave. It was like, there's like maybe two people in the office, three people. Mm-hmm. They started in um, in first the 1st of July, right? So they're about a month in. The second wave I'm hearing is going to be all September 1st, right after, right after the summer, like right after Labor Day, I guess. Uh, okay. The problem for us, people like you, me and you, and living in New York Metro is, is the subway system. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mass transit, it's... 
It's like the contagion yeah. fucking it's epicenter. A pe- it's a petri dish. Yeah, I don't feel. Sick. That's why I think New York was like so much hit so much worse than like uh, like anywhere else initially, and also because of of like that theory that the the strain that we got in New York was more so um, from like the epicenter. Let's say uh, Wuhan, China, right? Folks in the West Coast weren't hit as hard because they got like some strain that went directly from like Wuhan to like the West Coast, like that way. Yeah, no, our strain came. From our strain Europe. came from Europe, exactly. Yep. So it like supposedly became like a super fucking strain, or, or just mm-hmm. a different version of like the same virus, and that that coupled with the fact you know we live on top of each other, the dense yeah. population and the mass transit and stuff like that just like exacerbated shit like so much more. Like speaking of Europe, like 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 what we were just saying before about like you know people that are you know high risk of getting really hurt by COVID, Italy. You know how Italy was a disaster, no. and what does Italy have? It has the oldest population in all of Europe. Yeah, it's and and culturally, like they're they're. I was actually speaking about this the other day um, uh, with my brother. I think the culturally, like they have a population that it's it's common to like live in the same household like younger generation with your parents as well as your grandparents like yep. you all live in the oh, same yeah, house yeah. like italian you know. yeah italians are like that yeah, yeah. they're very family oriented yeah yeah but like yeah like but yeah with, with work like with us like they're doing they're doing one phase like every every week like this week orange team can come in if they want to next week blue team can come in if they want to um one thing that's good that they're doing i think is they're offering like anybody that that doesn't feel comfortable obviously you know stay working from home but also anybody that still wants to come into the office for whatever cockamamie reason um they can like expense like an uber or they can drive and they'll expense like their tolls and parking and like stuff like that indefinitely yeah well until it's mandatory for everybody to come i'm saying like there's no so that's that's like a blanket thing like i want to go in i pay for my uber exactly (laughs) as of right now yeah that's dope. Yeah, it is. I don't think they have that on my company. Not yet. So, so I think that's it's, I think it's because we're so we're so set up. Like I don't think from honestly for my company, like for my team especially, like I don't think if I was running the team, if I was, you know, if I was running the finance for the team, you know, like HR or whatever, I I wouldn't do that. It doesn't make sense. Like like if I'm running HR and like Pablo raises his hand, like I want to come into the office but pay for my Uber you're doing so just you as good home. working from home you know what I mean exactly which which, by the way and I've said this before in the podcast you're, my expenses are going up by letting you do that you know yeah I think a silver lining from this that I actually learned from uh, like we were speaking before my, my wife works from home she like her job is mainly like work from home and I've actually pitched this idea to the company just I guess like somewhat selfishly because <laughs> like I'd rather work from home I don't want to deal with mass transit and stuff like that and, and you lose like there's no part of you that like wants to go like, back like miss, two or three hours a day not really misses the office camaraderie not really no no, no. That all, the water cooler talk yeah I could do without it <laughs> um, um, but whatever so I get people I get, spirit. I, 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 I get people that, that do like that but I'm like much more introverted and whatever I have, I have like my own friends like mm-hmm. out of work you know but the 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 thing the Silver lining that I think is going to come from this is my company, for example, their Q1 earnings were higher than every every other quarter ever in the company history. Their second quarter earnings were like uh, super competitive uh, as well, and they weren't hit financially by COVID. By by not not just by COVID, but by the infrastructure of everybody having to switch to work from home because it was already, the infrastructure was already set up exactly so they they were kind of like taking baby steps towards the whole work from home idea because yeah. we were allowed 
to work from home one day it's a like week. My company. Too. I was already, I was already working home twice a week anyway. There you go. See, so then this, I think this situation, a silver lining uh, from it, if you can call it that, is that they're gonna they they're from a financial standpoint, it makes sense. And this is the way I pitched it. Some it's like from the employee point of view, you you're gonna have happier employees because they're gonna have less commuting time, less less money spent on dry cleaning and and uh, commuting. And more time spent with family. So what, yeah, but what about the Korean lady up the block from me, who's, you know, not as busy, losing money because yeah, no dry cleaning. That's gonna take a hit. <laughs> but I'm saying for, just from the standpoint of, 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 of like the business, which by the way, the 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 corporate structure doesn't give a fuck about that Korean little Korean lady's uh, laundromat. <laughs> no, <of course> not. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> not at so all. they're not factoring that in. <laughs> but and, and from the business perspective, the <laughs> from the business perspective, like if they don't, get, you know. You know, they just care about bottom line. Let's let's, let's be real. Um, they might not care about employee happiness or whatever, or factor in the fact that happy employees make better employees or whatever. The from a business perspective, they can cut down on so much of that real estate cost and uh, the money going into their monthly leases to having yeah. such huge offices but what month co- after month. But think about the collateral damage that causes Ortiz. What is what's what's New York City going to be without like Manhattan would be completely changed forever. Not necessarily. Manhattan will be a ghost town. No, I don't think so. And look about all the businesses you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose like bodegas, cafes, lunch spots that rely on on that Monday through Friday hustle and bustle crowd. Listen, I'm not saying you'll what lose you're, some. You'll I'm lose not some. saying what you're saying is wrong. Like you're 100 percent right in everything you said. Yeah, uh, you know, efficiency, happy employees, productivity. You know, it all makes sense. But does the people people I think people have to understand there's a collateral damage to it from from your from your mom and pop shop in the in Manhattan who's, who relies on that foot traffic Monday through Friday, from the, even the even a corporate another corporation like the MTA, they're gonna take a yeah. huge hit. You know, they're they're, they're hurting. Yeah, like so crazy, you know? know, there's listen, I'm not there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm just saying there's gonna be collateral damage no way you slice it. Absolutely. And like I said, it's, from a, a selfish perspective, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely I rather work from home. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Like, but those crazy, are all like valid points as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a it's crazy. Like my friend, my friend Juan, he owns a coffee business, and he had a route. He had a Manhattan route that was like generating eleven thousand. I don't know if it was a day or I don't know. That sounds like a lot. I don't know if it was eleven thousand a day or a month. I'm not sure. Like he has a pretty big business. He said whatever it was, it went down from eleven thousand to four thousand that same route. In Manhattan, wow! Because he was getting so many, because so many people in the city were like, "I don't need coffee." We're either sure. we're either going out of business, or I I don't need that much coffee because not you know I'm not selling as much coffee. All my employees aren't in, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's working from home. Shit, that's rough, man. And yeah. and the small businesses like that are feeling yeah. it like across the board. Yeah, like during these times, you know. But yeah, I mean, that's it's it's, it's it's everything. There's no playbook for this. We're gonna see what happens, you know. Yeah, and it's definitely gonna be interesting to see like what the the correction or overcorrection is like yeah. after the fact yeah everybody's saying like oh my god we should do this we should do that like no one knows like it, it, we're just doing we're going as we go you know like going with the flow we'll see what happens supposedly might have a vaccine by the end of the year there's some good signs from abbott i'm not from abbott from pfizer and some and it's some, like three like three some british company too yeah in in the eu there's like like three companies i think that had like like promising like phase one like trials and the government already like government two. came in an agreement with pfizer Saying that you know when they when they mass produce the vaccine, they're going to it's going to be free. The U.S. government. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it should. I mean, I mean you don't hear about on. that on CNN, but <laughs> but it, it should you, definitely be free. Yeah, it's going to be free. They just came to an agreement, which is also like it's it should be like just from a human perspective, but it's also like a like a self-serving perspective as well, right? Like they, they the government it's in the government's best interest for the economy to reopen again. So if there's a vaccine and people feel comfortable enough to 
reopening and everybody go back to work. It's, like, it's in everybody's yeah, best interest for that to happen. You can't shut down the com- economy again. Like, I'm 100% agree with that. Like, like you can't that's not that's not a solution that's not first of all it's not a sustainable solution and it's not a solution at all like definitely not sustainable uh, you can't like even the first time i was like i get it why they did the first time because you don't know what you were dealing with and shit was getting scary yeah so shut it down you know but but once they started uh, once that started coming there's gonna be second spikes no matter what there's gonna be the the minute it's not opening up again you knew it's just a matter of fact like it's like again not a perfect analogy but like you know like let's say you shut down all, all all cars and all streets, right? Because of something, right? And so that way people can walk f- across the street with no no fear of getting hit by a car. The minute they open up those 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 highways again in those in those streets, someone's gonna get hit by a car again. again you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they reopened it with more you know with more stop signs, more lights. But the fact that they reopened it, obviously, that risk is gonna be there again. Yeah. So I I think I think it's more of a. It should be taken as like a like let's learn the lessons that we can from the situation and take more of a like a scal- scalpel approach versus a you know like a blunt approach to like the shutdowns that would be necessary like if they are you know like more of a strategic like all right older people and folks with with underlying conditions of course you know shut down for them folks yeah. that that aren't gonna expose those those vulnerable folks mm-hmm. then them as well and i don't know it, it needs to be less of a blanket approach and factor in you know the shit that we've learned because if we don't factor in things that we've learned from a situation then what are we doing yeah like, i agree how, how I, we, like, I agree 100 oh, re- reopen you know social distancing wear a mask when you can social distance um i'm just not for like one way one way or the other completely you know what i mean no of I'm, I'm more not. for like like a yeah. balanced approach yeah, I'm not about. Listen, I'm pro, I'm pro opening. I'm I'm pro. I'm against shutting down the go- the economy. But at the same time, I'm not saying fuck it. Ev- everything open, like nothing happened. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. movie yeah. theaters, everything. Just you know, you know, stadiums. No, of course not. I don't want to see. I'm, and I'm not a big. You know me. I'm a huge sports fan. It, it sucks that I can't go to a Mets game this summer. You know. Oh, well, you but really, yearly tail- tailgate is probably going to be canceled this year in October. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know me. I'm a huge sports fan. I love watching sports live, especially baseball. I love watching baseball live. But uh, and and I'm pro opening up the economy, but I'm I'm not against that. I'm, I mean I'm not sure. pro that. I mean obviously a stadium like you can within have, its limits. You can't have forty thousand people in one place. <laughs> that's just asking for trouble. The Mets never do anyway. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. But that's just asking for trouble. Yeah, shit like that you can't do. I get that. I just want to know when my gym's gonna open, man. I'm, yo, yeah. that co- that COVID fifteen is real, man. <laughs> the fifteen pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I gained. I feel so. What a shame. I gained weight. Join the club, bro. Mm, it's just hard. I don't know what to do. I I, I thought about buying a um, like elliptical machine for my apartment. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll do that because I got to do something. Like biking, I can only. I try. First of all, cycling Monday through Friday is tough with work. Cause True. I'm not about getting up early and doing that before work. Even though I did that for the gym, but like, I feel like the gym was different. Like I liked being at the gym. You know, they had the news on. I would like watch the news while I worked out. It was to a good way to like start the day. Yeah. Routine. Yeah, exactly. But like I don't know, getting on a bike and doing that is different. I don't know if I like it. Have you ever fucked with uh, kettlebells? That's something you can have in the apartment. I do that in the apartment sometimes. Clearly not enough, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely like a full body, like functional strength workout that you know, and it's something that doesn't take as much space, obviously, as an elliptical machine. It's yeah. literally just a thirty-five pound kettlebell or something like that. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I need something, man. 
because cycling there's a lot of like videos on it like uh, kettlebell swings and stuff like that you, you like work out your core your arms your legs your back all at the same time yeah cycling is not cutting it anymore yeah I like cycling but I like it's like a weekend thing you know yeah I need I need to get back to them fucking more cycling I've literally taken the bike out I think twice this entire year sadly slacking shame look at that thing what is that is that a China aircraft carrier <laughs> I think we're being invaded, bro. <laughs> like that's what the fuck is that? For folks listening, we're seeing like a really large floating. Is this Red ship? Dawn happening in real life? <laughs> Have we seen Red Dawn? Like just crossing our paths, not <laughs> the original one, not the remake with with. The Isn't guy. that like a vampire movie or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> I could see why you would think that from the title. The original Red Dawn from the eighties. Um, it's about the cold. Like back, think about it. Back then, it was still the Cold War. Um, it's about uh, the U.S. getting invaded by uh, a coalition of the Soviet Union, Cuba, and North Korea. Holy shit! Yeah, it's like D Day in reverse or something. It's like. pretty cool though. But like, like it takes place in like some midwestern town, like Denver, Colorado, right? Like not New York or California where it would be yeah. easy to invade. It's like sure. in the middle. So you know shit's real when they got to the middle of the country. You <laughs> How know? they get to Denver? Yeah. <laughs> like, are there even like any like water? Exactly. So you know shit's got deep. <laughs> wow. Like, it's like these kids, like these all American kids, like in a school in like Denver, Colorado, like in the like in morning, like um Tuesday morning, regular class. Holy and then shit. all of a sudden you see like these parachuters come down, and like land on, land on the school and like take it over. That's insane. It's with Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? There's no guess. I, I just got an image of Charlie Sheen winning. <laughs> like, oh, I thought you were laughing about Patrick Swayze. No, no. R.I.P. Man. <laughs> Yo, Patrick Swayze was the man, bro. He was the man. <laughs> he was like the jock in that movie Red Dawn. He was like the quarterback, but like nice. he he rallies everybody, and like they they start like a uh, they start like a. And like, what do you call that? Like um, insurgency. Insurgency, but like, what's the word? Like rebels. Like yeah, like they're okay. like rebels. There's another word, but I forgot what it's called. Yeah. The gorillas? Yeah, the gorillas, yeah. <laughs> American gorillas. Nice. Call, and they call themselves the Wolverines after, like, the high school football team. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you saw this movie. Bro. I had never seen it's it. Great. You know what it, it reminds me of, though? Um, Remember that movie Toy Soldiers? Yes. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Where these, like, terrorists take over a school, like a, like a, very, a boot camp, yeah, like a... Yep. It was like a boarding school or something like that, mm-hmm. and then um, like the yeah, like the quote unquote like bad kid of, of the school. Yeah, it's not a kind of same comments without the whole you know communist backdrop to it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Toy Soldiers when I was younger, and actually like rewatched it um, a couple years ago, but fairly recently I guess. Um, Jennifer Grey's in that in Red Dawn too, the girl from from from, from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Oh, no, and from Dirty Dancing. And yeah. From, yeah. It was like a Patrick Swayze and her uh, reunion. I guess they reunited. Oh shit! You know what? They didn't. They didn't sauce on the movie or anything. Have, <laughs> that would have been weird. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen um? It's on. It's a Netflix series called uh, "The Movies That Made Us" or something like that, where they go back to like the how certain movies like Dirty Dancing, Define People, or or like uh, Home Alone, and, and like how those movies like actually got made and how they almost didn't get made at all but they became like this cultural phenomenon and stuff like that mm-hmm. in that movie in in that in that show um because they cover dirty dancing they speak about how jennifer gray and patrick Swayze they didn't want to work together and it's because they had some sort of issue on a previous movie and i think that it was uh red, red dawn. dawn yeah really yeah like they literally like almost like they almost cast somebody else because uh patrick Swayze like they they found out that like he was the guy but then jennifer gray didn't want to do the movie or something like that and 
uh, like they literally had to go in a room together, work out their differences. Supposedly they both came out crying or like some weird shit. And they agreed to, all right, let's move forward in the <coughs> movie. And no, they, never they heard made of Dirty it. Dancing. And it, it's a dope series. Uh, if, if you're into like seeing like the, you know, how shit got made, like type of things. You know what other movie uh, Patrick Stacey was dope in? Uh, remember Point, Point Break with Keanu Reeves? I never saw that movie. Fuck, bro. I never Are you serious? I should watch it tonight? Vaya con Dios. What? He spoke Spanish? <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> bro, you didn't see that? No. Um, Patrick Swayze played a character called Brody in it, and he was like this adrenaline junkie like type of guy. And it was kind of like, um, like a back-in-the-day version of... Like Fast and the Furious, kind of, mm-hmm. in that like that that cool like, um, like uh, driver crew. They were like robbing pe- robbing like trucks and like stuff like that. But this was a crew of like sur- uh, surfer guys that Patrick Swayze was like the ringleader of, and they were robbing banks and they were robbing banks with the masks of like past presidents from back in the day. Ah, uh, right, right. I think I remember seeing that. Keanu Reeves uh, plays an FBI agent that's like tracking these guys, and like their partners in it. And they're, they're like tracking these guys, and then Keanu Reeves bec- becomes like a like an undercover like agent kind of. He like infiltrates like that group, and he falls in love with like the girl that's part of that crew that used to be that Brody's exactly girlfriend. Like Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's Fast and Furious. Yeah, with, yeah, with surfboards instead of cars. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they took definitely took like the the plot and like setup of that story and like <laughs> wrote Fast and Furious. <laughs> but um, and that and that and Point Break, but I took it from somewhere else, like from back in the day, but. Such a dope movie, such a dope movie, and they, they, there's like a bond between Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, and even you know, kind of like uh, Paul Walker and, and Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. kind of. Even though after afterwards they they find out that he's a cop and like stuff like that, and it's like, it's a dope movie. You should watch it. Point Break. Okay. There, there was a remake of it. Don't watch that because that. Why I think, do remakes hard? Like, why do people make fucking remakes? horrible? Like, make make your own version of like if you want to pay, you know, do an homage or like something like that. Like, don't remake the same fucking movie. Like, be creative. Let like, come up be, with your own fucking yeah, ideas. Let things be what they are. Shit, are, are they making a remake of Coming to America? You know that I heard that, and that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, that's such a fucking dope movie, bro. Yeah, I fucking love movie. that movie. I remember I I sent I didn't even know that it was one of your favorite movies, but I sent you um a clip. Uh, I took a picture of uh, Eddie Murphy and and um, Arsenio Hall wearing uh, a Mets and a Jets, the Mets and Jets thing. Yeah. When they were like, "Yo, we got to take off these princely robes and let's dress like Americans do," and they wear <laughs> like full like Mets attire, and then the other one like full Jets attire. Yeah, <laughs> and I sent you a picture of that. Um, but you know what's the, what's interesting about that? I heard about the remake. Hopefully, it's good. But like, who knows? But they're doing it. Uh, they felt like the. Part of the filming is taking place on uh, Rick Ross's house, the rapper, which used to be Evander Holyfield's Jose. house. It used to be Evander Holyfield's house, which was like a 30-something bedroom fucking mansion or whatever that he couldn't, like, keep up. <laughs> and they're filming it there as, like, the like that is, like, the palace of, like, Akim or whatever. Really? Yeah. I don't know. So I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, I mean. I feel like inevitably it's going to be bad. Yeah, remakes usually are. I'm trying to think of like one that maybe was decent or good. Or I can't think of any remakes. And even sequels are bad too. I don't. I'm not a big fan of sequels either. You know, sequels I'll, are terrible. I bring up two movies that that will refute that, but there are so many others that obviously fall online. Like that's usually the case. But number one, Back to the Future two, I think was so fucking amazing that it was. It was. You're right. That if Back to the Future the original uh, part one wasn't so like iconic, I would say that just the creativity of back to the future 2 rivals the original 
that and Godfather too, like those two. And then besides that, you want to hear yeah. something crazy? Like remakes are usually. I've never seen Godfather too. <sighs> I just saw the first Godfather, the original, which maybe like, like six or... months ago for the first time ever. What? Yeah. What you think of it? It was good. And I get the hype. I get yeah, it now. Okay. I get it. So you just haven't seen part two? I just you saw, haven't seen I'm it. I'm not but huge on like mobster movies or shows. I love, I love mobster I movies. I just saw, again, Godfather, like within the past year. And I just finished maybe like a month ago, The Sopranos. Damn, son. The Sopranos started, like we were speaking before we started recording, we were speaking about like Better Call Saul and like uh, uh-huh. um, uh, The Wire and like stuff like that, shows like that. The Sopranos was like the first show that kicked off that type that of That whole like, shit, yep. HBO did it. Like yeah. HBO, like I remember. Ever, yep. They like pioneered like that space of like There was no good shows that are Sopranos. like movies. No one watched so- shows before Sopranos. Nah. Sopranos changed the game. Yeah, absolutely. But Sopranos too, like I, I wasn't into it like when it came out. Like I used to see like hit or miss like some episodes because my, my brother actually liked it. But I actually saw it um I would say maybe like five years ago, like I saw it for the first time, like the full series, you know? So I'm with you on that. How dope was you know, uh actually speaking about Sopranos real quick, because the actor that played Christopher. Um, Christopher <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh which was Tony Soprano's nephew. Yep, I remember. Uh James Gandolfini. Rest in peace. R.I.P. What a great um, acting job he did. Bro. I want to segue what I'm about to say into uh, his scene in uh, True Romance, the movie. But real quick, Christopher and fuck. Oh, Steve Sharippa that played the the dude that was married to Tony's sister. I forget his fucking name in the show, but his real name is Steve Sharippa. Anyway. Which one? I feel like Tony's sister was married to like three guys on the show. She was married to fuck Steve. No. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Steve Sharippa's wife died in a car accident, but Tony's Tony's sister wound up like warming up to him, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't remember if they like wound up getting together on the show or something like that, like further further along. But she was like angling for that, okay, because he was like a you know widowed husband or whatever. Like she used to come over with the casseroles, like oh let me take care of the kids today and uh, I'll help you out. And oh yeah, yeah the, like he's a big heavy guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, yeah. his real name is Steve Sherr, but he was recently on um, on Rogan's podcast. He's been on before because. Uh, interesting story on him. He, he was good on the show. Yeah, he was really good. And he, his history, um, he was uh, he used to book comedy shows, like at like comedy clubs. He was like the the manager of comedy clubs and used to like book people like like for shows. And he used to book Rogan, for example, like for Rogan stand up. And that's how like they knew each other and they like formed a friendship or whatever. And then he like stumbled upon acting and wound up getting like the Sopranos thing and stuff like that. And then wound up getting like deeper into acting. So that's like his like story or whatever. But anyway, re- um, he was on Rogan's podcast recently, and him and Christopher, which played Rogan's uh, Rogan uh, uh, Tony Soprano's nephew, yeah. on the show, they have their own podcast about the Soprano show. Oh, so really? and they're like rewatching the series, and they they like speak about you know season three, episode seven, and they recap the show, and then what they remember from like behind the scenes and like stuff like that. So if you're into Sopranos, you sure. or, or anybody listening, like check out their their podcast. Fucking, I liked the yeah. T- he was good. Um, Aunt Christopher. Yeah, what about Christopher what about when Adriana man? R.I.P. What a shame mm. when she when she his had girl, the rat. Right, she turned rat. <sighs> she went state's evidence, man. Yeah. <laughs> what a shame. Um, how sick! One of the sickest scenes I've ever seen in anything ever was in the movie True Romance with my cousin loves that movie, bro. With James Gandolfini. That's the one with uh, Christian Slater. Christian Slater's in it and um, uh, Mike Rappaport. And Patricia Arquette, right? Yeah, Patricia Arquette. The scene between Patricia Arquette and James Gandolfini 
is like one of the most epic scenes ever. I gotta watch that movie again. I don't oh, remember. My, my cousin talks like that's my cousin's favorite. He always references that movie, <laughs> and I've seen it like once. So I don't really remember it. Like I saw it once. Uh, I think twice, but I saw it like late. Like I, I saw it like within the last like three years or some shit. Um, because of Michael Rappaport, who's in the movie, and he was speaking about it on his podcast, and uh, I was like, "Yo, I gotta watch this fucking movie, bro." I watched that movie. That's there's a scene between James Gandolfini and Patricia Arquette that James Gandolfini is like, um, I don't think he's like in the mob, but he's like, you know, he's like he has like Patricia Arquette like kidnapped or for some reason, or he's like holding her for somebody else or like something like that, like some type of like kidnapping situation is going on, and Patricia Arquette is like fighting for her life to like get away from him. There's a literally a fight scene between James Gandolfini and Patricia Arquette that is like epic. Just like she, do you mind if I spoil it for you? No, go ahead. Okay, she winds up killing James Gandolfini, like stabbing him. I forget with what, like a pair of scissors, or like some shit. But it's like a like a full fledged fight scene. Like he's pummeling her, she's beating the shit out of him. Like it's like a fucking sick fucking fight scene between this big fucking dude and a you know a small woman <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like an epic fucking fight scene huh yeah, that movie's old though so that that had to be it is. that had to be pre-sopranos right or no uh yeah yeah definitely definitely pre-sopranos then that reminds me of another uh a scene in another movie that that's dope with um christopher walken oh he's good too which one in what's the fucking movie man for some reason, I think James Gandolfini is, is in it also. King of New York? No. <laughs> what are all the tampons for? The bullet holes, puto. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. I'm trying to think of the movie. You know what I'm thinking about now? Because we were talking about it when we were walking over here. Uh, Christopher Walken in um, Catch Me If You Can. With Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Tom Hanks. But, fuck, what's the movie? Pinstripes. Gotta wear a pinstripe suit to the bank when we're asking for a loan. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It's a scene with Christopher Walken and... Is it True Romance? Hold on, let me pause this real quick. I gotta look this shit up. Alright, so I just looked it up and it's also True Romance, so definitely watch that movie tonight. Uh, a scene between Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper plays the father. Dennis Hopper, wow. wow. Throwback. That, yo, it's what like, to that guy? It's like a dope fucking... You know who else is in that movie? It's a dope cast. Um, Brad Pitt is in that movie as like a, a throwaway fucking character. <laughs> That's how dope like the cast is. But it's such a dope scene between Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. Where... And now I'm remembering because of that scene. Uh, it is like some sort of like mob tie-in because uh, uh, Christopher Walken is like part of the mob. And like Dennis Hopper is like the father of, I think, Christian Slater, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And uh, they wind up tracking down his father because they're trying to get to Christian Slater. And there's like a, such a dope scene between, uh, and, and the dialogue is like incredible between Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken. And that's like one of the dopest scenes ever as well. So that, that movie has like two of the dopest scenes ever that I've ever seen in anything. Huh. Yeah. It's really fucking good. I gotta check it out. Absolutely. Check it, it out tonight. And we were just talking that we are going to try to go to Governor's Island. Island next weekend, weather permitting. Hopefully nothing else comes up. Absolutely. To do some bike riding, which I've been wanting to go to Governor's Island for a minute. You, you know, Pablo's obviously been, been biking like crazy. I've only been biking once or twice this year. So I'm going to get my shit together and uh, go to Governor's Island. 
should be fun. I think the boat is right by uh, right by where we end our when we take the West Side Highway bike route. It's right at the end of that where you, where you ah, take it from there. Okay. So I don't know how we're gonna get there. Maybe we'll just start. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, with, with the we're gonna go we're gonna take with like bikes, the city right? being so empty, yeah, obviously. But with the with the city being so empty, we could probably just like park right around there. Maybe Sunday? Would you? Can you do Sunday? Yeah. On Sunday, Sunday, yeah. There's no meters no on meters. Sunday, so we could do Sunday park somewhere downtown. Yeah. That way we could just bike over and go from there. And we even have to. We got to look it up. Cuomo might not want us up, up there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even where he lives? I don't even know. No. Like he's the no. governor's house or some shit. Like Capitol's in Albany, New York. Yeah, but the, the, like, I don't think it's named because that's where the governor lives. Uh, I never heard of anybody say that before. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, it makes you heard sense. It here first, folks. It makes sense. I've oh. never, I've never actually ever ever heard someone ask if does does the governor of New York live on Governor's Island. <laughs> I literally thought that's what it was. <laughs> it's a little on the nose, but <laughs> it's no, definitely. I don't think so. I don't think that's where he lives. I doubt it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he doesn't live there, I think he should. Yeah, <laughs> then it's kind of like pointless. <laughs> Shout out to Cuomo. No, but it's a. They have a. They have like a bike path and like different like yeah, shit that you can do. Like I think there's a house that's like full of like graffiti or something like that that you could like walk through and like see and like tag up or some shit or like write on. Nice. Um, I'm down. They have like like different shit like on there, but yeah, it's yeah. a good idea. Driving driving on a Sunday, so we don't have to worry about parking, and then we'll just drive wa- ride down to the ferry. What yeah, the- man, definitely dumb. I think there's hours every... Like, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. Yeah. There's hours the boat leaves. Yeah, it was really nice there. I was there... Uh, I was I was riding down the West Side Highway last week, and I, I took a break there by Battery Park. There was, like, a whole bunch of, like, boats and jet skis nice. up and down Hudson going up and down. There was, like, a, there was like a boat party up and down Hudson. Sweet. They all had the... Uh, they all, like, had Trump flags. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> like, it was like a, it was, like, a rally, I think. That's nuts. Huh. It's dope, though, man. Yeah. Alright Pabs, let's uh enjoy the rest of these the sunshine while we still have it. Sounds good to me. Thanks as always. Let's keep this uh tradition alive. Get you back on the podcast, hopefully before the the you know, next year's iteration of this uh tradition. But if not then definitely see you next year. Alright man, sounds good. Alright bro. Love it. Peace. And that's the episode folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, as promised, let me tell you about the crazy shit that happened after we finished recording. So we wrapped up recording. We're just there chilling, shooting the shit. I forget exactly what we were speaking about. I want to say maybe it was about uh, Tyson fighting Roy Jones because Pablo saw an alert on his phone and he mentioned it. And I was surprised because I knew that Tyson was doing this uh, charity event, but I thought it would be uh, against uh, Holyfield. That's what I had heard. And then maybe Lennox Lewis, because once like Tyson started posting videos and, and Holyfield confirmed that he's been training as well. Like it seemed like they were gearing, gearing up for that. And then uh, Lennox Lewis chimed in saying, hey, you guys aren't the only vets that has been training, et cetera, et cetera. So I remember just being like mad surprised that it was uh, Roy Jones. So I think that's what we were talking about. But I don't know. It's kind of a blur. Anyway. We hear uh, the lifeguards, uh, like, blowing a whistle. And, you know, they do that, you know, throughout the day. They do it a few times. While you're there, you know, people are, you know, borderline about to, like, go too far or whatever. So it's kind of like white noise for the most part. 
Is it just like calling people in or, you know, telling them not to go too deep or whatever? And then, you know, you know, we're still talking, talking. And then Pablo's like, oh, shit. And he's like, look in the direction of the lifeguards. Then I look and there's somebody. This shit was like straight out of a movie. There's somebody that we see like in the distance, like straight dead ahead in front of us. And by in front of us, I mean like in our like sight line, like when we face the ocean, like straight ahead from where we were. And there were lifeguard towers, like we were like between two lifeguard towers, but like further back. So diagonally from where we were standing, we're, you know, diagonally to the left, a lifeguard tower, and diagonally to the right, a lifeguard tower. And then straight ahead, we see this guy like going up and down in the water. And he's kind of like flailing his arms. So he's like going up and like down underneath the water and then coming back up. And like flailing his arms so he's like he can't swim like he can't get himself to like come back towards the shore the lifeguards were like blowing the whistle and then they just started like running towards the water like two of them went from the towers and then there were like two other ones that stayed on the tower and they were doing these like hand signal things to i guess part of their training or, or, or their protocol in this type of situation so they're doing like crossing their arms like over their head like toward like the other lifeguard towers so they were communicating somehow right like communicating what was going on and then these two guys go and then two guys two lifeguards on opposite sides of each of them also go they like flank the guy and they're like running it's like some baywatch shit minus pamela anderson and yasmin bleeth and they're running and running and you know they have those little orange buoys and jump in the water and they're swimming towards the guy and they're like flanked. So you see like four guys going towards this one guy and he keeps going up and down. And when he's going down, he's spending, you know, he's coming right back up and like filling his arms. But the more he keeps doing that, he's like spending a little bit longer underneath and then coming up and flailing his arms. Then he goes back down. He spends like two seconds and then comes back up and displaying his flailing his arms. Then he goes back down again. And he's down for like three seconds. Then he comes back up and he's flailing his arms and you're like, oh, fuck, is he going to like stay under or some shit? And they finally get to the guy. They put the, you know, they give him the buoy and they swim him back to shore. And they carry him out of the water. You know, it's four lifeguards, one on each limb. They're carrying the guy. They lay him down. And he was awake. He seemed conscious. Obviously exhausted, you know, fucking trying to swim for his life. So they lay him down. And, you know, but it wasn't like a situation where they needed to do like CPR or anything like that thankfully you know he was fine but it was definitely some sick shit to like see and and witness in person i personally never saw that except for like in movies or tv shows or something like that this was pretty crazy shit but yeah folks that's the episode i hope you guys enjoyed it and now you can stick around vibe out and listen to some tunes in the background and then here are a few ways you can help support the spun today podcast peace Aprovecha que el sol está caliente y vamos a disfrutar el ambiente. Vamos a meternos al agua para que viaje rico se siente. Y vamos a intropicar por toda la costa chinchorreal. De chinchorro a chinchorro paramos a darnos una medalla. Bien fría para bajar la sequía. Un poco de bombarle y unos tragos de sangre.
Hey folks, Tony here, and I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I enjoy putting it together for you. If you'd like to support, I'd really appreciate it, and we'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts on how to do so. If you can make your way over to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a bunch of different ways where you can do just that. There you'll find an Amazon banner similar to the other banners found throughout my website that you can click on and will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. This will not cost you anything extra and Amazon will pay me a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. It's a great way to help support the show financially without actually having to come out of pocket. At spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon and Ko-fi pages. Patreon and Ko-fi are two similar websites where you can set up reoccurring donations for the show. If you want to donate a dollar per month, a dollar per episode, a hundred dollars per episode, whatever you like. You can check out either one of those two services there. There's actually also a Patreon video that's kind of like a little tutorial explanation video of how Patreon actually works. Also at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a direct donation button where you, you can donate by way of PayPal. You'll find a link to Apple Music, which works similar to the Amazon banner. You can click on it. It'll take you to Apple's website where you can do your purchasing like you normally do. And again, it does not cost you anything extra, but I will get paid a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. And you'll also find links to the Spun Today viral style store. This is where you can get Spun Today related merch. And you'll find things like these cool premium t-shirts that have uh, writing related things on them that I put together myself. I'm definitely not a clothing designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I put together things that I wanted to see and, and uh, wear myself. A couple of my favorites are the one that says writing is life and another one that says write need every day and it has like a puff of smoke looking design right behind uh, those words. You'll also find a sponsored a coffee mug and a really cool color changing mug that's related to my debut novel Fractal. It's completely black and when it gets hot when you put it in coffee or tea it starts changing to white and it also exposes the cover art for my novel fractal it's pretty dope so definitely check all that stuff out which again you can find by going to sponsor.com forward slash support and of course do not forget to follow me on all of your social media at sponsor on twitter at sponsor on instagram subscribe to the sponsor youtube channel where you can find clips and excerpts from the podcast along with other cool content like the facebook page at facebook.com forward slash spun today also don't forget to check out all the free shit that i have on my website as well go to spun forward slash free writing 
and there you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of free writing pieces that you can check out for motivation and inspiration and just some general food for thought. You can check out some of my photography at spuntoday.com forward slash photography. Feel free to take any of those pictures and use them as you wish. I set it up so that you can like copy and download the photos. And my short stories are available at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories. And last but certainly not least, my pride and joy corner, spuntoday.com forward slash books. Here you will find my published books, which you find folks can find links to purchase them on Amazon, whether you want hard copies or digital uh, Kindle copies. That's the spot for you. Thank you very much for being a Spun Today listener. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy.